Welcome to the Worship Leader Probs Podcast, where we aim to entertain, encourage, and equip worship and tech leaders all around the world. Look, we all know that serving in worship and production is great, but the problems, those are real. Thanks for joining us as we dive into today's episode with our host, Brian Tabor. Welcome to episode 139 of the Worship Leader Probs podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Um, We say it every week, but this is why we're here. We want to entertain you. We want to encourage you and we want to help equip you. And that's our goal. And so, you know what? One of my favorite people in the world is here to help do that today. That's a pretty kind, like of all the sassy intros. That was nice. That was like a, that was like a heartfelt, that was a Hallmark yeah, intro. It- <laughs> it's Big Yonce, guys. I'm back. Jen Smale. <laughs> <laughs> you guys tired of me yet? <laughs> oh, I say this all the time. This is, it's a highlight of, it's a highlight of my week. Me I, too, I so yeah. enjoy this. I so enjoy our chats. Um, Again, I really want to give everybody a window into the behind the scenes at some point, which we'll have to work <laughs> on that. But for now, for now, you get to see the polished up <laughs> parts, right. parts that right. we give you, we guys. We, um, we're we going to share some resources. This is what we want to do, help equip you, help equip you um, in your ministry. So we're going to share resources with you. We're going to share some laughs um, with the ever popular segment of prayer concerns. And then we're going to be sharing a conversation that we got to have with Hosanna Wong. And let me tell you what, she was like a firecracker, it, like, like an electrical surge of a person. It Just a phenomenal conversation that we had with her. So that's all coming up. But before we get to all of that, Brian, will you take just a moment and tell our listeners about our sponsor, Planning Center? Absolutely. So, hey, Planning Center, if you don't know what that is, Planning Center is a set of online applications, and they're designed to help you kind of be set free to focus on what really matters in your ministry, and that's people, okay? So, they've just released uh, an app called Church Center, and uh, it's a free app that you can give your congregation acts to access to. And here's what they can do in there. They can check in their families. They can give, they can join groups. They can manage their own personal profile uh, information. They can register for events. Um, It sounds like the most amazing thing ever. So I hope you will go to planningcenter.com slash church dash center and check it out. They are absolutely the best. They have been a game changer for me. Yeah. It's like an executive assistant for your church. Exactly. That doesn't ask for time off. Exactly. Right, right. It's always there. It's always there. You know, it, right. You give Sister Gladys a chance to have her own profile, you know, maybe take a break from the Facebook. Yeah. Get into that profile and give you some info, man. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. Oh, man. So, um, yeah, what we said earlier, guys, you better buckle up for this conversation with Hosanna Wong because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like driving by a power plant and grabbing a hold of all of the wires. Yeah. Did I tell you about how I got shocked while we were on vacation in Mexico? No. <laughs> Sorry, just thought it's so random. How I did just, I not know this? I don't know how I didn't tell you this this story. So we're, when we were on vacation, they got a laundry room there, you know, washer dryer, and you got to wash those beach towels out because after a couple of days of getting in seawater, oh, yeah. yep, yep, it's pretty yep. gross. They stink. So... 
you know, you, you kind of go in there and I don't think there's safety protocol involved. Um, they have the Wi-Fi router <laughs> is like hooked up, plugged into some sort of like indoor extension cord, not even like a three prong outdoor one. Like, yeah. and it's crossed with all of these plugs for the dryer and all this stuff. But I notice I'm throwing the laundry in the dryer and I go to start it and I'm like, what, what, what's happening? Like, why isn't it coming on? I'm like, oh, it's not plugged in. And right as I like reach back, I'm like, there's a lot of cords dangling here. I wonder if I shouldn't do this, but I start plugging it in and it's like, <laughs> I oh. I screamed so loud. It like I got a really good, a really good shock from it. Scared the scared the stuff out of me. Holy moly! Now, which one of the little smells caught this on video? None, none of them. Thank the oh, Lord. Got it. Come on. No one. Come on, fam. No one caught it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, that's Sorry. scary. <laughs> Random. That has to be scary. Yeah, that's scary. So that's stuff. what it was like talking to Hosanna today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's phenomenal. She's yeah. phenomenal. So. um, Okay, Jen, we've been we've been doing this thing where we're letting people get to know us a little bit, right? Yeah, so yeah. we're talking about something every week. We have a little catch-up session. So what is your favorite all-time movie? Oh man. Okay. Okay. I, I'm so high maintenance, Brian. I, I want you like four of them, don't you? I, I want genres. I want like okay, my favorite <laughs> animated movies. This, my favorite, this and that. Um, well, let's pick one. Okay, uh, one category. I, let's I'll, say, I'll just go like action adventure type. Yeah, I'll just action go there. adventure. Um, so it really is a toss up between the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which I understand is three movies. Um, <laughs> don't at me, okay, you guys. You can't just watch one. You can't just watch one. Um, but Braveheart. Is oh man, I love Braveheart. Yeah, such yeah. a good movie. I'm so tempted to slip into a horrible Scottish accent, but I'm not going to. Please do, um, actually. That is a great. <laughs> that is a great, great, great movie, movie, right? Um, yeah. Wow, great that's movie. a good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It has it all. It does. Right. It does. You laugh. You cry. You right. root for. Yeah, the score so is good. incredible. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah. that's a great choice. Mm -hmm. how, how do I? How do I? You're probably going to say Jaws. To this is, <laughs> <laughs> is Jaws action action adventure? I would think so. Yeah. It it either be that or it might be um, Indiana Jones. Okay. And the Raiders of the Lost Ark. The original. The original. OG man. The OG. That's a good pick too. That is that whole. I know, you know, the more recent ones, it's more probably about the nostalgia right? than it is like making a really quality cinematic piece yeah. of art. Yeah. But um, man, it, it's just, it's good stuff. It's feel good. Right. It's feel good stuff, right? Good score on that one too. Oh, yes. They're, yes. Uh, uh, wait, they're not both John Williams, are they? I think Braveheart might've been uh, Horner. Maybe. That's right. That's right. Titanic Who, by the guy way, is just another giant in the right, field, but right, my right. word, yeah. Okay, Indiana Jones. So I grew up watching those. Is it just me though, or that second one, Temple of Doom? Did they get a little wonky on that one? It went a little crazy. A little, just a little like, hmm. But boy, they came back with the third one. They did. Third uh, one's with, my favorite with Sean Connery. Sean Con yeah. <laughs> so Junior, calling him Junior yes. all the time. I think that's all <laughs> yeah. Good. yeah, yeah. That one's my favorite out of those uh, out of those three. Okay. Do you have a favorite animated film? Favorite animated film, it would either be, it's going to be a Disney. Mm -hmm. It would either be, 
I, I think it might be Aladdin. Good one. Yeah. That, that's a that, good choice. Robin Williams. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, if you had mm-hmm. to watch one animated movie every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? So probably be Aladdin. Go with Aladdin. Yeah, it's It'd solid. Probably Aladdin. Solid. Any parents who have toddlers right now, they're living that. What animated movie <laughs> are you having to watch? <laughs> my, my son, when he was two, was obsessed with Frozen. Frozen had just come oh, out. Oh, wow. Let it go. Oh, every day, all day. We were letting it go every day. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, it's it's great to have them older and to oh, not have to fantastic. be subjected to that. Oh, it that's made, fantastic. This made me think, though, okay, so we've been letting people get to know us a little bit. You know, we always encourage people to send us DMs, questions they want us to answer. Yeah. We should have them. Is there anything you want to know about us? Yeah. What would it be? Send DM us. us. You, you, can, you can DM us on Instagram. Yeah. Make Do sure that. you've clicked that follow button and then send us a DM and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll tackle your uh, your catch-up question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you went Disney on us, which is phenomenal because in just a month, we're going to all be at uh, two days, a month. In two days, it will be one month Yeah. to the beginning of Experience Conference um, at Walt Disney World, September 7th through the 10th. You guys mm-hmm. join us. It's going to be so fire. Yep. Um, and we're going to do a lot of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep an eye on, if you're coming, keep an eye on our uh, story and we'll be shouting out some announcements and things and it's going to be awesome grab some wlp merch take it with you um also the the launch of season three of free church av is going to happen that week so man our friends at five words media they've just gone crazy with giving away stuff to the church and that is so awesome yeah so awesome it feels like season two just ended and well kind of did yeah i mean we're just they're going for it again They're going for it. They're going for it. Those guys are crazy. Daniel Gorley. He's the crazy. Man. He is. He is. He's absolutely, absolutely insane. And I mean that in the best possible way. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, you insane. Well, Brian, speaking of insanity, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and swing us on to a little segment we like to call prayer concerns. You guys, you have been sending in some of the greatest prayer concerns. So keep them coming. Here's what a prayer concern is. Uh, Every church has a response device of some kind, communication card, connection card, whatever you call it. And there's always a section on the back that says, how can we pray for you? Sometimes people use it for that. This is how you can pray for me. I've got surgery coming up, pray for my mom, my kid, whatever. Occasionally, they might use that section to tell you what they think of the job you're doing. And... Oftentimes, it may not be a flattering note that you get uh, from your congregants. Sometimes they might use the chat of your live stream. Sometimes they might go extra, you know, Google review, Yelp review. You never know. They're coming for you. That's what I'm saying. They're coming for you. So uh, we read these anonymously on our podcast. So go to worshipleaderprobs.com, buy some merch, and after you're done, click on the prayer concerns tab. Send us yours, and we will never share your name or your church's name. So let's dive right in. Prayer concern number one. Got this comment recently. These horrible backgrounds. You could give someone a seizure. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to laugh at people's... We don't, yeah, we're not laughing at the seizures, but, but oh, it's very dramatic. It's a very dramatic yeah, statement. It's very dramatic. Yeah. Meryl wow. Streep. <laughs> <laughs> 
gosh. Okay, number two, prayer concern number two. I once had a lady comment on our live stream, and she said, I never enjoy worship because the stage lights scare away the Holy Spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Holy Spirit scared. What? (laughs) Scared? Scared away. How? How? (laughs) I mean. How did he handle creation (laughs) when God said, let there be light? I mean. Nope, yeah, but some stage lights. He I don't can't. Think that's a, I don't think that's a real thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, number three, prayer concern number three. <laughs> I am one of the worship leaders at my church, and I had a lady come up to me this past Sunday and say, quote, I really like the music and the words you sing are great, but is there any way you could throw in an old hymn every once in a while, you know, like once a week? It would be nice to have a song I can really belt to. I have also talked to the pastor about this as well as other people on your team. I figure if I say something to everyone, eventually it has to happen. (laughs) That's called campaign. Something I can really belt to. (laughs) I want to just belt. Wow. Wow. Yeah. She wants to really let it rip. (laughs) She wants wants to let it go. Occasionally (laughs) once a week. Just if you yeah, ever once exactly. in a while. Every once in a while. Weekly, week. please. Weekly, please. That's my request. <laughs> I shall be pleased if you sing one weekly. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord, help us. Come on, fam. All right, number four. Prayer concern uh, number four. Recently, uh, our worship team was on the lean side. So after the service, my nine-year-old son said to me, uh, no offense, mom, but when you guys did This Is Amazing Grace, you kind of sounded like Bethel kids. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, no offense, but. No offense. Here it comes. Um, Here it comes. Right. That little, that little nine-year-old is a truth, truth teller. <laughs> kids don't lie. I mean, kids, kids just, they speak the truth. They do not lie. Wow. Speaking the truth. Speaking the truth. Okay, here's number five. This is the last one, the bottom of the pudding cup. And it was a comment I got recently that said, uh, I didn't know I liked your voice until today. (laughs) Thank you for your brutal honesty, congregant. (laughs) Holy moly. I didn't know I liked it until today, this very day. I didn't know I didn't like your input until today. (laughs) Exactly. Mark this date down on your calendar, the day that Janice liked your voice. Wow. Sister Janice. All right, fam, those are prayer concerns. Uh, Keep sending them in. We'll keep sharing them. Uh, It'll always be anonymous. Um, You can do that on uh, the prayer concerns tab at worshipleaderprobs.com, or you can also DM those to us on, uh, on Instagram. Well, one of uh, the new friends that we've gotten to make uh, through the Worship Leader Probs podcast is uh, Hosanna Wong, and she's coming to Experience Conference next month, and uh, I I want you to buckle up, Yeah. all right, because this is a fire conversation with Hosanna Wong. The Worship Leader Probs podcast is thrilled to have Hosanna Wong with us today. Hosanna, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you guys for having me. I'm stoked to be with you guys. You guys, so we've been on here for a few minutes and we've already made a friend. So Mm -hmm. buckle up. (laughs) 
We're right. already killing it, you guys. Exactly. exactly. It. <laughs> we're crushing. We're crushing the podcast game so far. So, um, thank you again. We're we're just honored to have you, and uh, uh, we're going to continue to get to know you. And I'm super uh, pumped for our uh, our listeners to get to know you as well. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked. Yeah. So let's just uh, let's just jump right in, Hosanna. We ask a lot of our guests this: um, How are you and your husband doing? As we're kind of walking through a very interesting season. Uh, in our world started in 2020 and it's still kind of going. How are you guys been doing? Well, I would say that we are perfect and went through the <laughs> pandemic perfectly and everyone should learn. <laughs> um, it was rough like it was for every person in ministry. And I would say that one of the luxuries we had is that we had not, uh, it was not our first season going through fire. It's one of the luxuries I think we had was what some other ministers and church leaders and artists had, which is like, this was not the first time we've been through fire. This is not the first time we've been under pressure. This is not the first time that we wish we could throw up a bat signal to the sky and someone else would come and help the situation. Mm-hmm. This wasn't the first time we realized, you know, no one else is coming. It's us, the church on the ground. We have to, we have to be here and love people where they are. So it was difficult. I would love to never go through it again. Um, but we did have the luxury of, we weren't, um, new to being Mm -hmm. the church through a crisis. And I know a lot of leaders felt that same way of like, oh shoot, time to pull out these boxing gloves again. Okay, here we go. (laughs) So, but you know, it was, it was, I don't wish God called someone else. You know, I'm glad we were here and that we were ready. Mm. Okay, fam, that sets the tone for this. All right, we've asked that question to a lot of people and we've never gotten an answer like that. So <laughs> let's, right? just no like your hat says, comments. just like your hat says, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Giddy up, we're ready. Um, okay, so we get to interview a lot of amazing people, super blessed and honored by that. And I'm always, I'm always amazed by how much ministry people are doing. You may set a new record uh, for this. Okay. So here's what I've gathered and you tell me if I miss anything. Okay. You're a wife, you're a speaker, you're an author, you're a spoken word artist. You're the executive director of Calvary street ministries. You appear regularly on TBN's better together. And you are the teaching pastor at East Lake church in San Diego. Confirmed. Did I miss anything? Wow. I mean, I am a Marvel movie aficionado. Yeah. A buffalo wing connoisseur Good. and an incredibly oh, yeah. average plant grower. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I think that's about, that's the bio. I'm so okay, glad that, she said Marvel because if she said DC, I would have been like, this is oh, over. We're, yeah. we're done. We're done here. We're done. Look, I, we can get into it, but I don't want hate email to come to your podcast. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, Jen is always game for that because the emails come to me. So oh, she's always, like, send Jen's them always, in. Yeah, exactly. I'm always stirring the pot a little bit. <laughs> That's what I do. So, I love okay, it, guys. Just how, how in the world are you balancing all of that? Oh, I'm sure I'm not. I'm sure I'm not doing it perfectly. <laughs> um, I have a great husband. I have a great team. I have the Holy Spirit, lots of caffeine. And I, you know, I really have the luxury that I have started a lot of things and fumbled at a lot of things. So I think I'm a little bit um, more fearless at this point. I've fumbled through a lot. So failure doesn't scare me as much and not getting A plus all the time doesn't scare me as much, even though I'm Chinese. Like that's a lot for me to say, like learning (laughs) how to not get an A and dealing with that. It's been a journey, but I think 
you know, I've just seen what God uses and he doesn't always need a plus us killing ourselves, us stressing out, us being afraid of failing all the time for him to accomplish what he wants to do. So how am I balancing it? Probably not balancing it, but doing all we can to say yes um, while having rest, while encouraging people, you know, while putting our relationships first. And some days I do okay at it. And most of the time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not. <laughs> yeah, but my best, sometimes I do okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Out of that whole list, is there one thing that you like better than all the rest? Well, being my husband, apart wife. from being a wife. Okay. Yeah. Number one. I, I was like, wait, wait, I know where she has to go. Number one, every can't... other role you can find someone to replace. That's for sure. But guy is off limits. <laughs> so every listener knows he's off limits. Taken. Um, man, I love, I love serving the local church. You know, I started as a spoken word artist and I loved that. I love the art of that. So I, I grew up on the streets of San Francisco. My daddy was a, a heroin addict um, for 15 years. He fought in a Chinese gang. He was a pimp. And wow. Jesus changed his whole life. He gave his life to wow. Jesus and he transformed him through and through. He planted an outreach to those living without homes and those battling with addictions on the streets of San Francisco. And that's where I grew up. That's how I learned that Jesus could save anyone's soul, that Jesus could redeem anyone's story. Um, it's also how I learned church. Like we did outreach three days a week on the streets there. And that's what I always thought church was like people bring their bottles, people bring their needles. And I learned later in life when other people said, I also grew up in church. We were not talking about the exact same thing. A <laughs> little bit different. just A little, a little bit. bit different. But, um, you know, and, and from the streets, I actually learned the art of spoken word poetry. All my friends living on the streets did hip hop in some kind of sort, freestyling, rap, graffiti. I fell in love with spoken word poetry. And um, I traveled 10 years ago this summer, packed my life into suitcases and started using this art form I learned on the streets, spoken word, to tell people about Jesus through poems. It's the only thing I knew how to do. So I try to use that. And over time, you know, I was invited to speak places. Over time, I was invited to, you know, be a part of ministries and churches and boards and ministries. And, you know, my heart is just to see souls saved. And I know God will use whoever's willing and whoever will say yes. And God loves using his local church to do so. So that is just kind of how all these ministries came to, you know, um, on my path, me and my husband, you know, together, we just love resourcing the local and global church. It's just the best. Um, mm. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question at all. Did I remotely answer it close? Yeah. 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 So I know we do a lot. We wear a lot That's of hats, good. but you know, you know how it is. Anyone in ministry knows how it is. You wear a lot of hats. You have a lot of titles. You know, you're just trying your best to, to do what God's called you to do that day. And sometimes you do okay. Yeah. 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 It's so good. That's so good. Okay. So uh, you're just about to release a new book or has it already been released? Well, what day is this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, today is Thursday, right? This, this will be, be heard on Tuesday. The, oh my gosh, you guys are a fast turnaround. We hey, are. We get Tuesday oh along, guys. You must no. be one of the fastest turnarounds I've ever heard. So yes, the book is coming out. Okay, August seventeenth. But you can okay, it on Amazon. How about you, okay. girl? Okay, I I love I love the title How Not to Save the World: The Truth About Revealing God's Love to the People Right Next to You. That's that's so amazing. So, what do you hope people will take away from this book? Well, my goal for the book is for everyone you know to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And on. so my goal is to equip Christ followers to combat the lies that we have believed that have held us back from talking about Jesus naturally, from sharing God's love in our everyday relationships that have kept us from sharing our real stories. 
And people just told me to write about what I know, like what I'm an expert at. And I'm not an expert at much, but I am an expert at how not to save the world Mm -hmm. and how not to show God's love to people and how not to lead people to Jesus because I've done it so wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, I packed my life into suitcases and tried to talk about Jesus. And I realized I didn't know how to love the people right next to me. I didn't really know how to say yes to what God was calling me to do. I didn't really know what I thought about community. And when I actually thought about the community of the church at the time, I wasn't really sure my place in it, if I was for it, if I should be a part of it, what's the deal with this, you know? And um, I did so many things so very wrong. And I've pushed people away. I've spoken to people aggressively. I've been condescending. I've been mean. And I've tried to point people to Jesus in all the wrong ways. And so I wrote a book, one I'm an expert at, How Not to Save the World. And it's 14 lies that we believe that hold us back from talking about Jesus and from actually seeing souls saved. And I believe that there is a way for every single person we know to know how much God loves them. But I think we've started to believe the lie that there's just some people that are a lost cause. Maybe we're leading in our churches, but our family members, we could never lead them to Jesus. Maybe we can preach on our stages or write these worship songs, but our little brother, our spouse, the family we see at Thanksgiving dinners, we could never show Christ's love to them. And that's a lie from the enemy. So I wrote a book to combat those lies my goal is for everyone to know Jesus. And so I wrote a book to help equip the church on how to do that, how to be who we're created to be, lead people to Jesus and build our churches. Mm-hmm. And I did not know it was gonna come out after a pandemic where so many of our churches need the message of evangelism and need the mm-hmm. message of being the church God's called us to be. But I'm grateful. I'm glad to be called yeah. up to the plate for this moment in time. I see God doing it and I'm I'm glad to be the girl doing it. Man, that's yeah. incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. So, so you mentioned, you know, doing this coming out of a pandemic, you know, the world, our world has changed. So how do you, how yeah. do you think leading people to Jesus, talking to people about Jesus, how does that, how is that different in 2021 than it has been like for those of us who've been in the church for decades? Well, I would say that what we can do at, as the church at our best is to answer the questions people really have. People want something real. People were brought to their knees. Their deepest hurts came up. Their greatest fears came up. And they have real questions. And what this generation is looking for, not just Gen Z, not just millennials, certainly them, but everyone alive today is looking for something real, real answers to their real questions. And we have a great opportunity to show them Jesus because he is real. He has real hope for their real brokenness. He has real healing for their real hurts. And we don't have to put on a facade. We don't have to put on some curated version of ourselves or try to perfect our stories. Our real stories will reveal God's real power to the people right next to us today. And I think the more we are in God's word and listening to him for real and being real about our faith, we will be able to hear God's real answers to their real questions. And I just think that after the pandemic, I don't think God's call is any different. I don't think our mission is any different, but I think some of us were able to realize what have we been doing that wasn't truly what God was calling us to do. And what ways were we trying to answer the questions we hoped people were asking instead of what this world really needed to hear? So I think that was, um, I think, a good thing that sharpened some of us that really want to see soul saved and our churches grow is for us to really see what do our communities really need and how can we bring the hope of Jesus to where they really are? So what would you what would you say to somebody who's like, yeah, I'm not sure I have that gift, you know, the, that gift, the gift set it takes to share Jesus with those around me? What would you say to that person? Oh, I would say, I think that's one of the greatest lies that we believe. I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the enemy's favorite lies to convince us of is that some people have the gift to talk about Jesus, but some don't. Some of us think, Mm -hmm. well, 
that's good for people with more, you know, obvious talents or public platforms, but I'm not smart enough, skilled enough or spiritual enough to seal the deal. And the truth is that God needs all of us to share our real stories and all of us to be who we really are, because then we'll be able to impact more people, more people with different experiences, more people with different backgrounds, more people with different stories. Some people feel like their story is too different or their story's not different enough, but their story's too crazy or their story's not crazy enough. And God wants all of us to share our real stories so real people can know that God can really interact in their lives in 2021. And I think mm-hmm. it's one of the enemy's favorite lies that some people just can't share about Jesus. And perhaps we think, you know, I don't, I don't know all the answers to everyone's questions. And you don't have to have all the answers to everyone's questions. It might be good that you have some questions that your friends far from God also have, that you share something in, in common. One of the stories that I share in my book has been one of the most life-changing stories for me. It was about my baby brother, Elijah. Um, Elijah was 12 and I was 18 when our, our daddy passed away from cancer. And Elijah shut down. Elijah shut down emotionally. He wouldn't open up to any of us. He wouldn't talk about my dad and much less God. But my baby brother, you're going to love this, Jen. My baby brother only talked about comic books. He loved comic books. Mm-hmm. Now, don't hate on Elijah because he did love DC more. <laughs> now, listen, the Joker is the best villain of all time, all time. And yeah. DC just has better villains, but Marvel has better movies. What are we supposed to do? This is just a rough time, right? So right. <laughs> he only talks about comic books. And, um, you know, I was so mad at Elijah for not seeing the world the way I saw it. Mm. And I ministered to Elijah so very wrong. <laughs> I preached at him. I try to tell him that God was going to use us for his testimony one day. And Elijah didn't want to, you know, talk to us about what he was going through. He was sad. He missed his daddy. And Elijah only talked about comic books. And I was so mad at him for not stepping into my world. And I had to learn how to step into his mm-hmm. and to see the world the way he saw it. If I just not even wanted to lead him to Jesus, if I just even wanted a relationship with him still. So I became, became obsessed with comic books. And I would, I was in college at the time, seven hours away, and I would drive in and, and we would look at vintage stores at comic books together. Um, when Marvel started making their movies mm-hmm. and, you know, making all their universes, I would go to premieres. We'd put on Marvel shirts and go and get the biggest popcorn and watch these Marvel movies together. And it was years and years and years of accumulating this relationship with Elijah. He wouldn't answer me all the time when I asked him about God. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't. He saw my life. He heard my story. He knew what I did, but he didn't want to talk about it. When I married my, my now husband, Guy, He also got obsessed with superheroes. We watched all the premieres together. We did all the things. And finally, one day I asked Elijah how he felt about God. And he did answer me. And he said, I'm I'm mad. Mm. And that was a lot for Elijah to share. Mm. He shared about the regrets he had, the moments he missed with my dad. And I didn't know what to say, but I knew what not to say. I knew that I had only pushed him away. I knew that at that point, I already knew how not to save the world, that I had sent people more links to sermons than I had sent them invitations to coffee, Mm. that I knew how to tell Mm. people my moral code, but I didn't know how to have a relationship with them in their real lives. And Mm. so I just listened to Elijah. And it was years later, years and years later, when he came over to our house and sat at our dining room table and just said, okay, I'm ready for like the joy you have and the peace you have and the fearlessness you have. And I know it's Jesus. I've heard your story. I get it. I know it's Jesus. (laughs) I am who I am, people. I talk a lot fast, consistently. Sometimes I rhyme. And um, he said, I know it's Jesus. And I don't know how to say it, but I know I want to be more whole and more Elijah. 
could you just help me? And the truth is, is I probably didn't say it right. It, probably any freshman in any Christian college could tear apart the exact theological words I used and didn't use <laughs> in that moment or how long it took me to lead Elijah to Jesus. But Elijah told Jesus he was his number one. So he wanted to follow him forever, um, turn away from the sin, turn away from shame, turn away from the regrets he had and give his life to Jesus. And it wasn't like the movies. It was kind of strange. Like after we stopped praying, it was like, what do we do? Like we're Chinese. We're not an affectionate family. Do we hug? Like, what do we do right now? We went, we did the only thing that Californians know how to do after an important event. We got carne asada burritos. Um, <laughs> but all that to say is that, you know, we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves as people, not just as church volunteers, not just as, as church leaders, but as people to be everyone's saviors, to do something big, to do something important, do something impressive, to do something impactful, say the perfect words, give people the perfect theology. And we can get so mad at people for not stepping into our worlds. And what God is calling us to do is step into their worlds and fight for the relationship. Mm. And fighting to be right is the perfect plan of how not to save the world. Mm. And fighting to be impressive is the perfect plan of how not to save the world. And God was not mad at us when we couldn't get to where he was. God sent Jesus to be Emmanuel, God with us. Mm -hmm. But why would the people in our lives and in our churches believe us that the God we're talking about wants to be with them if we don't even want to be with them? Mm. And why would the people in our communities believe us that the God we're talking about loves them if we don't even love them? Many times our greatest witness will be our withness. Mm -hmm. How are we with people where they really are? Do they know what it's like to not be alone? Do they know what it's like to be super loved? Because the best thing we can do is give people a taste of what Jesus is like mm -hmm. by coming alongside of them. So that's how I've seen it in my own life, in my own family. Some, I believe God can change people's lives in an instant. That happened to my dad. My dad was an addict, far from God. People would say that there was no hope for him. He gave his life to Jesus and his whole life was changed forever. He never went back. Sometimes God does it that way. Mm -hmm. But my relationship with Elijah, it took 11 years. 11 years of consistently reading these dumb comic books, <laughs> 11 years of falling in love with what he fell in love with, 11 years of not being mad that he wasn't where I was, but instead going to where he was to fight for that relationship, 11 years. And so I think I take that same thing in church leadership and the ministries I get to be a part of and the ways I get to speak to various local churches on Sundays, various ministries and conferences and events. What are your people going through? What are the questions they have? Let's talk about mm -hmm. God's real answers to their real questions. And how can I do my best to be Hosanna and be with these people yeah. specifically? Yeah. Um, that's what I, I try to do. And at my best, some days I do that. And that's what I hope to do consistently. Yeah. Yeah. So do you lean heavily on, on your own sort of testimony experience with Jesus? Something I've seen a lot, and I don't know if it's just social media showing the worst of everything, because I feel like right now social media is just nonstop the worst of everything. But something I've really started to notice in the last year and a half that's almost discouraged me from talking to people about Jesus is believers can't even agree on who Jesus is. Yeah, We can't even agree on this is what Jesus is like. And so I, yeah. I kind of personally come back to, okay, I think the only thing I can speak with any kind of expertise is then this is just what Jesus has done in my life. Yeah. You know, is, is that kind of, is that kind of your approach then is just, this is what he's done for me. Or do, do we not even pay attention to the, I think the arguing just bogs us all down <laughs> to me. It's divisive. And I feel like it's again, a tool of the enemy. Maybe I'm giving away some of your book. Um, 
But how right. do we how do we handle that? How do we how do we reach the world and share the message of Jesus when yeah. we're with people that we can't even agree this is this is who Jesus is? Gosh, you were asking such great questions. How many days do we have to record this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're talking about two things. I think you're talking about the power of our personal stories and also what does the church look like to a watching world? Mm-hmm. I think that's two different things. And I would say for anyone who is, isn't sure about how to represent Jesus well, what you're saying is perfect. Your personal story, people can't disagree with what you personally went through. I was like this. I gave my life to Jesus. Now I'm like this. No one can disagree with that. And there is power in sharing your story. And the enemy wants you to believe that your story isn't enough to impact people's lives. But the truth is that your story is exactly what God wants to use to the people right next to you in this moment in time. So I think when you don't know what else to say, say what you're going through. If you don't know what else to say, say right. where you were without Jesus. And then now that you have Jesus, where you are now. Um, right. Be authentic, be real, let people see how God interacts with someone's real life. If you don't know what else to say, yes, I agree. Sometimes mm-hmm. you are called to say things that because you have an authority of an experience, um, you know, that might go even a little bit outside of that, you know, but it's still through your experience, right? Through your story. I have the authority to say this and share this. Um, so certainly, you know, say what God calls you to say mm-hmm. and do what God calls you to do. But as far as about the second thing that you were saying about Christians, um, you know, my heart's pretty heavy for the ways that people far from God see Christ followers talk to and about other Christ followers. Mm-hmm. And my goal is very simple. It's for everyone to know Jesus. So my lens is always about what does the lost think? What does the lost feel? What does the lost need? And I am heavy hearted about the ways that my fr- my close friends far from God are seeing the church represented with how mean we can be to each other. Not just mm-hmm. disagreeing. We disagree on lots of things. I know right. anyone here on this podcast or even some of us here, we come from different backgrounds. We have different ideas mm-hmm. and we probably disagree on lots of things. But my guess is that most of us have friends that disagree with us that we have like great conversations with. Mm-hmm. We can disagree in a kind way without being mean or demeaning. So right. I'm not talking about disagreeing with people. I'm talking about the ways we go out of our way to be mean and condescending and rude to each other. You know, Jesus said that in his last prayer, John, is it 17? Mm. John 17, 18 or 19. I'm trying to, someone on this podcast knows that's listening. But in Jesus' last prayer, he said that our unity would be the best witness to people Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. Jesus. Our unity would be the best example of what the church community is like, the best Mm -hmm. example of God's love for them, our unity. And I think it goes back to what I was saying. Why would people believe us? That, that, that God wants to be with them if we don't even want to be with them and we don't even want to be with each other. And we right. need to be considerate of that when we're tweeting at each other or making comments to each other, whether we're in each other's comments, tearing down one another, or we mm-hmm. are posting about the people in our church staffs that we don't like or the past churches that we had a bad experience with. I'm not saying don't stand up for justice. I'm not saying don't have close friends. I'm not saying don't hold people accountable. I am talking about the agenda so many Christ followers seem Mm. to have about imploding Christ's bride from the inside. Mm. And there's a watching world wondering, what is this Jesus thing? And what is this community like? And I want us to remember that a watching world is looking at how we talk about each other Mm -hmm. and that tearing down the love of Jesus's life Mm -hmm. is no way to show a watching world how much Jesus loves them. Yeah. And tearing down the bride of Christ is the perfect plan of how not to save the world. Mm-hmm. I share about that quite a bit in my book. I know that's unique for an evangelism book to talk so much about the local church, but 
a watching world is looking, my unsaved friends are looking, and some of the harshest stuff that's been online about Christ followers against Christ followers, I get text, lots mm-hmm. of text from my friends far from God that are asking me questions. And part of me has some like righteous anger and some non-righteous anger. Like I'm like, dang, I'm working so hard to lead my friends to Jesus. And get <laughs> off Twitter, you guys. Get off Twitter. Just come over my house. Like some of me has some unrighteous anger, you know, but you know, I think we need to be, cons- that's a very basic level. We need to be considering that a watching world is seeing how Christ followers are talking to each other. And what mm-hmm. also I would want to encourage, you know, the best plan for the church is not for us to leave it and then talk bad about all those other churches, leave it, talk bad about all those other leaders, leave it and talk mm-hmm. bad and be just critics mm-hmm. instead of builders. The best thing for the church is for you to stay in it. And for people who really love Jesus and really love people to stay in it and be the change from within it. Mm. But it's not going to happen if we just keep leaving our churches and start talking about all those other people. It's Mm. only going to be the church we were praying for it to be if we say we're the people. We're the people we've been praying for. We're the leaders we've been begging God for. Someone's got to stand up and lead. Let's do it. Let's show people how loving God really is. Um, I appreciate you asking that. I think we need to be considerate of that when posting online. So you're going to be at Experience Conference, which I think um, Brian may have mentioned earlier, which we're super excited. Oh, I can't, I can't oh, wait to see you at Experience. Um, so in an atmosphere like that, where you've got worship leaders and and production crew and and techs and all kinds of people from all over the world, all over the country, even as you're there ministering, what is your hope and prayer that like what do they take away from this conference as they head back home to their churches, to their lives? Wow, what I hope they take away from the conference. Well. I'll I'll be honest. I don't know if this is the right answer, but what I actually (laughs) hope is just kind of like a renewed joy that like, we love getting to sing and we love getting to do poems. We love getting to preach. And I know some of us are so tired and exhausted that we've lost a little bit of the joy, not because our faith is struggling, not Mm because our relationship with Jesus is struggling. We're just like, we're just a little bit low on joy. My hope is that being surrounded and rubbing shoulders with other people who love Jesus and love that we get to do this, that for us, it might just be filling up in joy. I hope we learn tools. I believe we will. I hope we learn tactics and creative things to bring back to our churches, to grow our church as well and be really creative. And I believe we will. But I also hope that for us, it's just kind of a big joy fest, big joy party. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us being like, man, we missed this. Absolutely. And um, we've all been serving. I know we've been serving our heads off. And I know our relationships have suffered. Our teams have suffered as we're trying to serve our communities well. And so I just hope we're reminded of um, the joy. Mm. And that's so good. Uh, Amen. And amen to that. So kind of along those lines, we've asked every person we've ever interviewed this question. We just call it the big room question because we're super creative like that. But um, if we, if we could (laughs) gather, we could gather like every worship leader, every production leader, all of their volunteers, every singer, band member, all of them in one gigantic room. And we gave you a microphone. What would you feel compelled to say to that group? I would feel compelled to say that the pressure is not on you to save the world. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the one who saves lives, who heals marriages, who sets people free from addictions, who makes the impossible possible. And so the pressure to be a hero is off. The guilt of failing to be God is gone. Mm -hmm. We are called to partner with God on his mission to save the world. And I know this because I'm an expert at not resting an expert at being a workaholic and saying it's okay because it's in the name of Jesus. Mm. 
because I've believed the lie that resting takes me away from the mission. But the truth is that rest is a part of the mission. And rest is such an important part of the mission that God made it a commandment. He knew that we would try to do it without him and see ourselves as saviors. If he didn't say, no, stop, I command that you trust in me and rest in me and let me save the world. Now, Jesus gave us this great example of that. Jesus was hanging out with his friends, eating meals, inviting people, having conversations with people, real relationships with people before they changed their behaviors, before mm-hmm. they decided to follow him. He was doing life with people, telling jokes to people, going to weddings with people, telling stories on boats and, and mountains. And Jesus was always retreating, resting underneath the tree, hanging out with a small group of friends. So when we are working all the time and refusing to rest, are we saying that perhaps we need to be more productive than Jesus? Are we saying that perhaps if Jesus hadn't rested all the time, maybe he could have been a bit more productive? Perhaps if Jesus didn't rest all the time, he could have been a bit more successful. I want us as church leaders and church volunteers and those of us on mission for Jesus to remember that both are possible, Mm -hmm. that Jesus rested and Jesus saved the world. We must do both. Otherwise, we are living outside of the mission altogether. Wow. Wow. Good night. <laughs> so good. good. Come on. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. You know, because I was thinking, I was thinking this morning how you there is that like ministry guilt. You know, you can be like, oh, yeah. I have a family and I'm working in church, and there's always, there's always someone else. There's always someone who needs help. There's always another event. And I do think in ministry we can kind of use that as a way maybe to subconsciously manipulate people like, Hey, Jesus, Jesus left the 99 for the one. And it's about the one and we've got to go after the one. And there's that party. It's like, yeah, but it's a Sunday night. And I, and I want to spend time with my family, but you've got that ministry guilt of what would Jesus do? And, and so I love you saying that because I do think that's something that we have lost sight of that, that rest resting in him, relying on him, that it isn't on us. Like, I'm even like, it's not on me if people get saved, yeah. It's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus. It's on me to share. It's on me to love. It's on me to do these certain things. But whether or not people actually get saved or, or what happens, that's, yep. that, that's, on, that's on him. That's on the Holy Spirit. Well, absolutely. And if we see ourselves as saviors, when we don't seal the deal or have the effective yeah. numbers we wanted or feel like we accomplished what we set out to do, we start having guilt. And guilt is one of the enemy's favorite yeah. ways to stop us from doing anything at all from being faithful at all and from not seeing the importance of the hard faithful work we're putting into our volunteers, not seeing the significance of the hard faithful work we're putting into our marriage or into our kids. The enemy loves to manipulate us that way. And I, I know that firsthand. And I think what you're saying is important for leaders. We have to be cautious of that, that our volunteer teams and our staff are tired We called them to the plate and said, we're the church. We have to serve people. People need us. And we wanted to pour out into our cities and go online and be as creative as possible. And that was good. But I hope that we also were paying attention to our teams and their families and their marriages and what Mm -hmm. they They were also hurting and going through a trauma. And some of them haven't been Christ followers for very long. And they Mm -hmm. did not know how to go through this season as a church staff member. They didn't know how to go through this Mm -hmm. season. So yes, senior leaders have to be aware of how are our teams doing but also we as those who work underneath people those of us who are volunteers or staff members we have to remember that our senior leaders they are great people but they are bad saviors 
They are not the savior of the world. And we can't depend on our senior leader to help us have boundaries. We can't depend on our senior leader to tell us to pay attention to our marriage. We have to do our work well and honor our leaders and pray for our leaders. But we also yeah. need to know when to say no and prioritize our kids or prioritize our marriage. And so your mm. pastor is a good person, but your pastor is not a good savior. Mm. So make sure you're relying on mm. Jesus, obeying Jesus as your senior leader pouring into your team. And as you're a team looking at your senior leader, we have to rest and partner with God in his mission to save the world. The good news is that God wants everyone to know him more than we do. So he has right. a whole plan Amen. and it involves a whole <laughs> bunch of us. And it's not right. all on you. Thank God. Cause yeah. I'm not that good. Right. Listening. We're not that good. And um, God is not calling people to get an A plus. You know, he's calling people to say yes. And the hardest work has already been finished. Mm -hmm. The greatest work has already been accomplished. You can wake up and say, since it's all been done, I'm just going to be faithful here. And that is enough. Mm. That's so good. That's so good. So Hosanna, how can people be praying for you in this season? Oh man, yes, pray for me. If you think right. of me, pray for me. Um, I am I am extremely passionate about showing this generation how to lead other people to Jesus, yes. that they can talk about Jesus naturally. Mm-hmm. And I put all that in the book of how we can naturally do it in our everyday lives. But quite a bit of people told me not to write an evangelism book because they said that Christ followers don't care about sharing God's love anymore, mm-hmm. that evangelism is lost. And a lot mm-hmm. of people believe that there's no way for their loved ones to know God. And I know that's a lie from the enemy. And so you can be praying for me because I am trying to mobilize a generation of people to share God's love and for everyone, you know, to know Jesus. Mm. And um, I'm, I'm so serious about it. And it's met with a lot of opposition. Then, you know, my team's going through it. We're going through it in our families. We're going through it. And we knew we would, but now mm. we're in it. And so you can just pray for our team that we rest well, that we encourage each mm. other well, and that we also remember that the mission is first to know God and then to make him known to rest Mm. and then to go and help others know him too. So you can just pray for me and my team as, um, of course, the enemy doesn't like this message. Mm. A handful of people already read it. um, And it's transformed some of their relationships with their family members and open doors they thought would always be closed. And we're praying for that. We're praying for healing where people said there would be no healing reconciliation Mm -hmm. where people said there'd be no reconciliation, but it doesn't come without quite a weight So pray for me and my team that we're able to speak this as boldly as God is calling us to, but that we do it with joy and that we do it with rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Fam, there you go. That's Hosanna Wong. Uh, Everybody needs to go buy this book. Okay. It comes out on August 17th. That's a word. Thomas Nelson. Exactly. It's called. (laughs) Listen, listen to the man. (laughs) It's called how not, how not to save the world. The truth about revealing God's love to the people right next to you. Um, It's coming out August 17th. Uh, Grab a copy of it. You can find out more about Hosanna at HosannaWong.com. Go follow her on the socials. And if you haven't registered for Experience Conference, this is just another thing you're going to be missing out on. So join us in September. It's going to be fire. Mm -hmm. Hosanna, I'm performing and I'm doing a breakout. Come on. What's your breakout about? So I'm going to talk talk about writing Mm -hmm. in the church, writing, speaking, as well as social media. Wow. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. we can use this, whether for personal platforms or church platforms to actually reach people where they are. I have a lot of thoughts. I'm not an expert, but I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> so yeah, join Experience Conference because I know a lot of the workshops as well as mine are exclusive to this specific audience. So join awesome. us. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. 
Wow. I could have talked to her for another two hours. I could have too. I could have too. <laughs> so good. Yeah. That that was, uh, man, it just comes pouring out of her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Good gravy. Make sure you go uh, grab a copy of her book when it comes out. Follow her on the socials. Um, man, I am stoked to, yeah. uh, to hear her at uh, Experience. Yeah, me too. Me too. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform it is that you are listening um, to this on. And do us a favor, go on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating with a nice review a really, really nice review. The more creative yes. you get, the more likely we are to draw some attention to right, it. Lately, right. uh, lately, we've been calling out some reviews and trying to give away some stuff to some people. So, oh, hey, fun. you want to get in on that fun, you got to go leave us the five-star rating. Nice yeah. review. Do that for us. Listen, it just helps to get the message of the podcast out in front of more people. And not going to lie, it does encourage us just a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Just just a little teeny, teeny, tiny I've bit. heard people say that it adds value. I, I've heard people say that too. It has been said. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and thanks for following us on all of the socials and for engaging with us we love commenting and talking back and forth with you guys you can find us at worship leader probs on instagram tiktok and facebook and you can even find us over on twitter by searching the hashtag worship leader probs yeah and we love our friends at maven media productions they are producing our podcast uh, the graphics you see the uh, video excerpts that you see they're just crushing it um, and so they can do the same thing for you if you're a ministry or a company or a church and you need some help uh, designing a social media strategy or uh, help help with branding or developing a website you need some consulting whatever you do uh, they can help you and they are amazing people super gifted and just the coolest people Ever. Uh, you can check them out at mavenmediaproductions.com. And uh, we want to thank Scott Hoke for our voiceover intro. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. And until next time, deuces. Smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>